Welcome back to the Sound Logic Podcast, everyone. We're excited to have you with us. Uh, this is one of our favorite traditions, I guess. Every time we finish another 10 albums, we do a re-rank episode where Mike and I uh, you know, agonize over getting these last 10 albums into the order that we would prefer if we were the ones uh, putting this list together. <laughs> so you get to hear us ramble on a little bit tonight. Ramble on! Yep. Um. And since we took a fairly sizable break between the last 10 albums and these 10. Yeah. Uh, it's been quite a while since we've done this. So yeah, if if uh, if you're new to this, this is a little different. We won't talk in depth about every album, but this is more just about our opinions. We don't really do much of the background. Uh, we just yik yak. Um, and if you're, you've heard us do this before, you know what happens. We do just these 10 albums compared against each other. And then we'll do our top 10 of the 90 albums we've reviewed so far. See if that's changed at all from last the last time. Uh, should we start? Yeah. Let's pull back the curtain. Pull back the curtain. We have a shared doc, but we black it out so, we can't, so we're not influenced by each right. other's... By each other. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think I made a mistake. Made okay. a mistake? Oh, no. Already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's. Uh, I'm trying not to read too much. We'll talk about. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is gonna be fun. All right. So, um, uh, number ninety. So the the tenth album was after the Gold Rush by Neil Young, and it looks as though Ben we uh, share. Yeah. An opinion on. Yeah. <laughs> And what we would put last. Uh, why don't you start? Why don't you start? <laughs> uh, this is where we have Dusty in Memphis, uh, Dusty Springfield's album that we knew so little about. Um, I think if you listen to our review, you know that this place is not because we don't think that she's talented, um, but that it's just not our sweet spot, perhaps. And. Right. Um, and besides Son of a Preacher Man, I think even when we did our episode review, we both kind of struggled to name what else about it was exceptional um, beyond a really fantastic singer. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's not too surprising to see us both have it here at this <laughs> final spot of these 10. And a lot of times, and I know we both shared this uh, method, I, I, if I'm struggling, I kind of think instead of what is the best or what is the greatest and you know cosmically or universally the greatest i think you know what what would i want to listen to the most right through to the least right and this unfortunately was in that spot yeah um, it's just not something i need to return to yeah um the ninth album number 89 was baduism or baduism by erica badu um who's we well, this is where we start to diverge a bit what um who's going first go ahead why don't you me okay yeah i sure. think beyonce's self-titled uh album um this album just didn't resonate with me 
Okay. Um, I listened to it many times. Um, I I think I have a ton of admiration for Beyonce. I think her music in general is awesome. Uh, the music on this album was awesome. I have very little desire to go back to it. It just wasn't hmm. wasn't my. We, we've yeah. I've listened to other Beyonce music. We've already reviewed um, Lemonade, which I've which I've returned to, which is very compelling. This one, it just that great great lyrics, great songwriting. It's not for me. That's it. That's all. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Well, I and guess I'm, I would. I would probably. Yeah, say I'm really interested. Before you start, I'm really interested yeah. in in your pick here. But go ahead. I I might say the same thing about my pick here. Um, this is where I put ACDC's "Back in Black," which I have a lot of nostalgia for, but very little desire to go back to it. Um, just not an album stylistically that that fits what I listen to these days. <laughs> uh, it doesn't challenge me or make me think, oh, I wonder, you know, how they came up with that. Or, you know, it's just good old rock and roll. And uh, while I enjoyed the listen, it was uh, not hard for me to lower it down in my in my ranking pretty far. Yeah, so that takes us uh, to the next album on Rolling Stone. Number 88 was Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Um, why don't you you lead us off here? This is where I have Bitches Brew. Maybe the most challenging album from this list mm. of 10. Um, certainly intentionally disorienting in a way that I don't know any album. Oh, I think I, I did say on the episode, uh, kind of reminded me of uh, Trout Mask Replica. <laughs> Ooh, In terms yeah, of just that's, like, that's stung let's, a bit. Uh, let's push the boundaries of, of uh, um, what is normal, maybe? Or, uh, yeah, just. Uh, yeah. At, at, at least Miles Davis like knew how to write Challenging music. for challenging sake. Uh, and and what, what was that? Okay. At least Miles Davis, what? <laughs> I said, at least he knew how to write music. Yeah, that, big, big distinction <laughs> Com- there. Yeah. Compared to Captain yeah. Beefheart. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more than Captain Beefheart. I should say that uh, at the top here. But um, again, similar to Back in Black, not one that I really feel terribly <clears throat> enamored by or want to return to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you have at this spot? I, I, prob- I probably should have gone first because... Well, you'll see why in a minute. But but this is where I had John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. Again, this... Oh, man. And I know there's a lot of people who hold this album very high. It's John Lennon's first solo uh, album after leaving the Beatles. I think, I think at least two of the members did an album that year. It's 1970. Or 70, I think it's 70. Um, and again, it, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting... Um, it's very simple. Uh, it's simplistic, is what I mean. Not simple. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, again, I, it's not one that I've really returned to much. Yeah. When I think about the album, I think of uh, Working uh, working Man's Hero, um, which is a pretty cool tune. Um, I don't really think about, about the rest. So. Um, uh, you you should have bumped um, bitches brew up one one spot because <laughs> <laughs> this, the next album on the Rolling Stone list number eighty seven the seventh album is Miles Davis bitches brew um, and that's what I picked here 
Um, I'm almost wondering if I should have put this even lower. Uh, okay. You know, if you've listened to uh, the podcast, you know I'm I'm a jazz fan, or at least a little more than Ben. I have a little more listening experience, um, and and I'm I'm a Miles Davis fan. I like Miles Davis. I don't really know a ton of his catalog, uh, but this album is very challenging. And compared to you know a decade earlier with his kind of blue album, which is one of the most popular and arguably one of the most influential jazz albums, at least from that era. Um, This is just night and day. It's totally different. It's a totally different era for him. It's a different era for jazz. It's way more uh, uh, spontaneous and improvisational, more experimental, more electric sounds, uh, a lot of things. And, and it is, it's, it's a very challenging listen. So in terms of me putting it on again, it's actually probably not something I'd listen to yeah. very frequently. Yeah, I don't know why I felt compelled. I, I felt uh, maybe because it's Miles. It's I, I felt <laughs> I and it's jazz. I felt that I couldn't put it lower. Now I'm going. Maybe I should have. But anyways, <laughs> it. I put it where I put it, um, and uh, I, I do find it compelling. But it is yes, it's very challenging. I find it. I know you've mentioned this too, and I find it when I can't find a melody in a song yeah, or a selection yeah. of songs, I find that hard. And I think a lot of people would. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't even give this the time of day. Yeah, a couple minutes in and go, this I cannot find anything in this to latch on to. I'm out, and that's cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I want to say I admire you, Ben, for for listening to this. Uh, that's one thing <laughs> that that you've you've done uh, with some of these jazz albums, things that are totally out of your element, things that you would probably never have listened to. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. It's uh, appreciate reminding that me opinion. of the uh, Flight of the Concords episode. As a manager, Brian, um, he manages. Hmm. He just manages. Just to, uh, just to lift up some... <laughs> he just manages. Well, I appreciate you for I, listening, At least I ben. listened on, an on a podcast where we listen to albums. <laughs> <laughs> at least I listened. You could have not. You know how many people... Yeah. You, you know how many people go to a book club and don't even read the book? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Um, so, okay. So we're still on the number seven. What, what did you have here? Um... All right. This is where I have, uh, I feel like I can already feel you grimacing, but this is why I put the doors. Uh, I, this is the album that I want to hold up as like what I expected the list of Rolling Stones greatest albums to be stuff that I wasn't terribly familiar with, but had lots of songs that I was familiar with and is clearly great. I thought that we just have 500 albums kind of like that <laughs> like this yeah <laughs> that, that yeah. were familiar to me in some ways yeah. but not entirely and you know had stood the test of time so it feels a little odd to bump this one down because it fits with what i think should be on this list um right. again it's just not 
preferentially, it's not what I would would put here. Um, not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. Uh, I will comment on the doors a little later. Num- <laughs> uh, num- the next <laughs> album on... <laughs> I won't say anything now. The next album on the list for Rolling Stone was uh, the self-titled debut by The Doors. Yep. Um, and I, I'll go first here. Um, okay. This is where I put um, There's a Riot Going On by Sly and the Family Stone. I really liked this album. Um, it was a lot of fun. Not, I wasn't overly familiar, and yeah. I think I need to spend a little more time to it to really differentiate some of the different songs. Um, did it, did, this has Family Affair, right? I yes. think Family Affair was the one I was most familiar with, and that's kind of one of their big commercial singles. Um, I'm interested in the, uh, and we had a wonderful guest with us, I'm interested in the, the kind of political ideas. Um, and one thing that was mentioned in that episode is that uh, what Sly Stone was doing, he was trying to answer the question that Marvin Gaye asked in his album, What's, What's Going, going on? on? Yeah. And the answer was, there's a riot going on. Like, there's, things aren't, things aren't right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in our society, in our culture, uh, civil rights specifically, um, and those issues. So, um, yeah, I think I just, I'm not as familiar with this one, and that's maybe why I wouldn't come back to it. But uh, I could see if we were to spend, you know, a few more weeks listening to all these albums, I think I could see this one moving up. It's, it's got all the things that, you know, it's funk, it's fun, it's got horns, it's got cool guitar, lots of energy. Uh, it's good. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, so that's that's me. What did you put here? This is a number six spot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is where I have Bodoism. I, I think uh, it was an album. And actually, just today, I was talking with one of our um, longtime listeners. Uh, shout out to my buddy Josh, who I play disc golf with. And we nice. both said sort of the same thing. It was really lovely to listen to and great music to have on but a few weeks away from it now i i don't uh feel terribly drawn back to it um maybe we talked about while we were reviewing it that the the songs don't necessarily stand out or differentiate themselves uh as some other albums do and uh maybe that's part of the dynamic uh it's got a lot of similarities to lauren hill but uh Lauren Hill has sort of the radio hook uh, element, and I, I found myself longing for that a little bit with Baduism. Um Again, talented singer, really yeah. cool album, yeah. but but not one that, that I feel terribly compelled to revisit. Yeah, I I've, I can resonate with some of that. Um, number number eighty five, fifth album was John Lennon Plastic Ono Band by John Lennon, um, and this is where I put. Uh, Erica Badu's Baduism, kind of s- similar to you, right in the middle. Um, I would. I'm really looking forward to spending more time with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so chill. It is so relaxing. It, I think we said things like it feels like being wrapped in a blanket. It is really, really smooth. Yeah. Um, even if you, if you, you know, don't, if you ignore, you know, how influential it was, how it kind of really 
set the tone for the artists in the neo soul movement uh, as you continue through the 90s into the 2000s. Even if you ignore all that and how important it is as an album, uh, it just sounds really great. Yeah. Uh, well produced, uh, excellent talent. Um, again, not the genre that I always go to. Right. Like, uh, we found some a lot of similarities in uh, with this and an album that came out a few years later, D'Angelo's Voodoo. Um, oh, yeah. Right. A very similar, a similar feel, very similar feel. Um, and that's not an album I've revisited uh, often, if at all. Um, although I really, really enjoyed it when we reviewed it and I listened to it a bunch. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think I like it more, well, obviously, more than some of the other albums we've mentioned. Um, <laughs> Not one of my very favorites in this ten, but uh, really, really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, but sometimes you know, you you like something and it's good, but it's not necessarily something you'll you'll revisit if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, what do you have here at the this, five spot? This is where I have uh, Queen B. This is uh, where I okay. felt like putting Beyonce. Um, a lot higher than not our biggest difference in our rankings no, on this but not the uh, biggest, but, but, uh, but a lot higher than where i had it a lot higher than where you had it uh yeah i did not like this as much as lemonade you already referenced that and okay. a couple yep. of her other albums that i am more familiar with but uh i enjoyed it and i enjoyed it more than the five below um this is uh a middle album and sometimes we have problems with those ones uh no, it wasn't an easy one to like slide up to the top or drop to the bottom. It was kind of what I was left with after right <laughs> after those easy picks. <laughs> yeah, I I hear you. <laughs> um, do some of that too. Uh, so that finished the number five spot. Number four eighty four was Back in Black by ACDC. Um, why don't you go? All right. Um... This is where I have there's a riot going on. Um, I I think this is the album on this list that I feel like I need to go back and spend a bit more time with. It okay. feels like an album that I should have enjoyed more than I actually did, given its political nature, its kind of soul funk vibes, and um, and the conversation, to be honest. I think I always appreciate albums more when we have a guest who's got who brings some passion to it. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, just a reminder to go back to it. And that's why it's this high, but <laughs> uh, I really want to spend a bit more time with it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it it's here at this slot for me. And this is where I put uh, hunky dory by um, David Bowie. I, Boy, I like David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more we listen to enough, him, huh? the, the more, <laughs> the more, well, okay. Well, let me, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> uh, the more I, we listen to David Bowie, the more I listen to David Bowie, the more I really appreciate his sincerity, how genuine he is, um, how candid he can be, yeah. how different, how different he is. Um, and what great music he makes yep. um, some of his music I found more challenging a station to station was a challenging album for me and this was a little more easy to listen to I think I still like 
uh, Ziggy Stardust album better. Okay. And I think there's some more hits and more familiar tunes there, but I really like the tunes on this album. Um, and I think, again, this is one that I want to come back to. Uh, Changes, you know, a huge song. Yeah. Like I said I like the Queen Bitch. Apologies if you're listening to this um, with little kids. Uh, we've used the B word a lot uh, because of because <laughs> of the fault. songs. <laughs> no, <laughs> the songs and titles. Um, but yeah, uh, David Bowie's here, number four for me. Um, so we move to number 83. The third album on the list, this is where Rolling Stone had Dusty in Memphis by Dusty Springfield. Um, I This is where I had, so now we start repeating ones that the others already done. Right. This is where I had Back in Black. I think this is our biggest gap between... Um, yeah, perhaps. Uh, this... Okay, so some of what you said resonates me with this isn't the genre that I listen to, although I do listen to a lot of rock. I don't particularly listen to this era of rock a whole lot. But one of the things you said you like about it, and I really like, or one of the things that makes me want to listen to it, is the nostalgia. It really yeah. takes me back to a very fond time in my life when you and I were working summers together, picking sweet corn. We listened to a lot of this type of music. It was on the radio a lot. It's easy to listen to. Um, I can. I don't play much electric guitar anymore, although I, I will again at some point. Um, a lot of it's easy to play, at least the rhythm parts. I can't play like Angus Young but I can play a little bit like Malcolm Young, uh, the late Malcolm Young yep. <laughs> on the rhythm guitar. Um, so it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's something I think, I think I have it this high because of its familiarity more than anything else. Oh uh, yeah. It, it's, it's very familiar. It's easy to put on. It's yep. easier than there's a riot going on or, you know, uh, even hunky dory yeah. for me. Um, in fact, I would say, even objectively, a lot of the albums that I've ranked lower, I think are better albums, mm. <laughs> if I can say that. Interesting, yeah. Just for me, this is familiar. And really, yeah. this is the big factor for me in putting this here. This might be one of those times where you'd have it higher on your decade ranking, but wouldn't put it on your all-time Possibly. list of greatest yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. And isn't this the fun about now when we do this, we st sometimes get a little bit of a taste of what it would have been like to try and compile sure, 500, sure. you know, we struggle with these the voters to have to sort oh out my gosh. Your, your personal yeah. favorites to send in your yeah. top 50 or whatever. Yeah. We headed off to you. What did you have in the three spot here? Um, this is where I have uh, John Lennon plastic Ono band. Um, this is one that I really enjoyed mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of was surprised to see it this high on this list of 10 grouping of 10. I wouldn't have just glanced at this list and immediately mm. thought, Ooh, that's the top three. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to put that at the three spot. Right. Right. <laughs> but as I was shuffling them around, it really just kept rising up and uh, yeah. So surprise it's here. <laughs> yeah. That I, I like that. I like that kind of surprise. Like, um, you know, you're going through it going, huh? Yeah. I guess I did like it more than I yeah, thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, so down to the last two. So uh, number 82, Rolling Stone had There's a Ride Going On by Sly and the Family Stone. Um, ben, do you want to you wanna go on this one? You go first? Sure. I, this is where I have Hunky Dory, and um, I, I wasn't disappointed with anything you said in your quick... Uh, 
uh, mentions. But um, yeah. I think where we differed is that this was my favorite Bowie album that we have looked at so really? far. Okay. And, uh, yeah, cool. So, yeah, it, it's one I'd, I'd actually like to own. I really enjoyed it. And, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Wanna, That's cool, Ben. want to keep it sort of in my regular rotation. So it's number two. Um, may I give you some feedback? Yes. Hot mic. I am. Su- <laughs> 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 um, I am surprised that you put this this high. Okay. I, I think, based on just my assumptions on your, your taste and what you like and what you think of Bowie, and I didn't. Ex- I was surprised to see this this high. So I will take that feedback as- and. As a, Bo- <laughs> as a Bowie <laughs> fan, and I think I was into Bowie a little bit before you oh, were, not before. that that yeah. matters at all. I I was surprised. That's really cool that you latched onto this album. Um, I really like that. That's cool. This is where I have the doors, so um, uh, quite a bit higher. Gosh, this is a fun album for me. Um, it makes me think of a few different things. It makes me think about uh, Castaway with uh tom hanks singing uh fire around the campfire when he makes fire it makes me think of uh, one of your kids saying it sounds like carnival music yeah (laughs) spooky house music music. (laughs) halloween music um and uh i just love i I know i've talked about this probably i love a debut album that to me sounds almost perfect it's like you guys just i mean no band you know, just meets and does a debut album like yeah. in a week. They've been playing for a while. They've done maybe indie albums or EPs or been touring for years yeah. um, or playing in dives locally. Um, so I know that's not the case, but to have a debut album that sounds so much like their sound, yes. you know, that as they go through, their sound would evolve a bit, but this is still so, it wasn't like, well, they took the first two albums to really figure it. No, this is The Doors, and yeah. it sounds great, yep. and I love that, and it's a lot of fun. Um, this is a band my wife does not prefer, uh, which which is fine. It's not the third time that you've mentioned that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, because it's like a short, it's like a short list, and... I think the reason I bring it up is because there's other bands on that list that I totally understand why she doesn't like it. Yeah. And some of them are a little cringy. This one I've always struggled to understand a bit because I I think it's just really cool, uh, fairly easy to listen to. Maybe it's the organ. Maybe it's Jim Morrison. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the keyboards. Um, anyways, I really like this album. I love listening to this album. I listen to it quite a lot. Um, however... There is one more album left that neither of us have talked about, which means the only thing we agreed on in these 10 is the best best and the worst. (laughs) The best and the worst. (laughs) We agreed on both of those. So the uh, in this 10, the number one, uh, number 81 was uh, Rolling Stone put Beyonce by Beyonce. And Ben and I both put... After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. Yep. Uh, so I guess we can kind of talk about this in tandem. Um, so I guess I'll ask you a question first. What is it about Neil Young and about this album that makes you put it first in these 10? I'm sure there's some uh, cultural bias. Um, the legislation to have a certain amount of Canadian content probably plays a role in this ranking. Um but I really like it. It's an enjoyable one. It's uh, 
an album that I own and have owned for a little while. And given that very uh, specific uh, criteria that I usually do these rankings with, and that's uh, which one do I want to listen to most again, uh, this one was easy to put at the top. Um, yeah, I... There is something we've used this. I've used this word a few times on this recording here. There's something that resonates with me here on this album. If it's the acoustic guitar playing, if it's the the lyrics, the song format, the way he sings, I don't know, but it just feels so, again, comfortable, familiar, all these words. Um, some of it's a little nostalgic too, although I'd say some of these songs I'm less familiar from, you know, way back than some of the other songs like on Harvest or some of his other big hits. I think some of these are ones I've come across more recently, like in the last five or ten years. Um, but I think I said when we reviewed this, which was what we did last week, <laughs> um, to me, there's something very special about these songs. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know. I can't totally put my finger on it, but it just feels very special. Uh, in if I'm looking at some, if I'm looking at you know the Doors, uh, Back in Black, even Hunky Dory, I think I could listen to some of those albums as much as this. Um, they're really good. I like them. <laughs> um, I enjoy listening to them. Yeah. There's something extra about this album. Um, it's just really great. Um, I think I, I think I said I think I like it a little bit more than Harvest. I think you said you like Harvest a little more. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's not a surprise that these are the, the highest ranked Neil Young albums mm-hmm. on yeah. Yeah. on the list. They're not really really close together on on this list, the the Rolling Stone 500 list that is. Uh, but um, actually, they they aren't that far apart. Harvest was 72 and this is 90, so only yeah. 18. Not too far. Spots apart, but. Um, uh, yeah, I. Boy, I love this album. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a really good great. one. I, I think I'm going. This is. I've done this once or twice. I have a copy of this. I found it at the thrift store on vinyl. I think I'm going to try get another copy because it's pretty, pretty rough. Like it's quite scratchy, um, very staticky. Um, although I've listened to it a few times because I just love it so much. I even put up with some of the the poor. Sonic quality. Um, Reminds me I think of the I'm band's gonna... Brown album. I, I've got a scratchy copy of that that I just keep <laughs> yeah. playing. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just I'll put it on even though it's not excellent yeah. quality. I love listening. Like, I could about it, perhaps I guess. Well, I could listen to it on YouTube, right? Yeah, and and it would sound clear. Uh, but I love spinning it. So, anyways, <laughs> um, that's uh, that's our top ten. Yeah, we, now the big question uh, is, um, did either of us <laughs> feel strongly enough about any near the top to, to move them over or or not near the top? Maybe there's so an album any... that you think is deserving that was further down your list. Um, sometimes right. that's happened too. So there's two questions here. Um, do any of these albums enter our top overall top 10? And if not, did the top 10 change at all? So we'll look at that. I can say for me, um, I didn't change anything. Well, I, uh, did you change either. anything? So ben? that makes it pretty no. easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there was one album I would put, it would be maybe after the Gold Rush. Okay. Um, 
And we've had that a few times where we've had uh, like the number one album from that 10 and been like, oh, it was really good, but mm, right. not quite as good as these other ones. And I mean, maybe, you know, they're the top 50 albums, top 60 or whatever. I'm not sure what our lowest ranked album in our overall top 10 is. I've got Dark Side, um, which I think was 55 on this version, which might be the lowest ranked out of either of our overall top 10s. Yeah, perhaps. I think. I'm not sure where... Um, no, Intervisions is quite high. Um, so... Uh, Mine hasn't changed in three or four while. of these rundowns. So, yeah, it's been a little I don't, while since I don't I've think mine's, mine's changed much either. Um, okay, so uh, I'll go through mine from 10. Um, are you experienced? Jimmy, the Jimi Hendrix experience. Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, The Beatles, uh, Carol King's Tapestry, Zeppelin Four, or self-titled Zeppelin, or Zozo, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, Fleetwood Max Rumors. Uh, my number fifth favorite is the band's Brown album, uh, self-titled album. Uh, then we have Abbey Road by the Beatles, Joni Mitchell's Blue. My second favorite of all time is Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, just celebrated uh, 50th anniversary in the last month or so. And my number one of all time that we've listened to so far so far is the Beatles' Revolver. It's amazing to me that after 90 albums, we still have five uh, that are the same in these lists. But our, our, the other five are quite different. Um, I'll also start at my number 10 choice and, and move and up. Three, and I have three Beatles albums still. Yeah, so yeah. Part, of me goes, part of me goes, yeah, the Beatles, they're so good. And part of me goes, wow, Mike, it's not very diverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions at number 10, Carol King's Tapestry, the band's uh, self-titled Brown album. Uh, Springsteen's Born to Run, uh, Beach Boys Pet Sounds, Beatles Abbey Road, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, Joni Mitchell's Blue, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, and Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life is my number one album. Um, I, uh, I've been skimming down this next group of 10. I'm, I'm really mm. excited about. There's only one that we've tackled Me so too. far, which is music yeah. from Big Pink. Um, but oh, that's a good album. I just listened to that album the other day. I did too, and I, man, I thought, man, holy this, moly, it's deserving of being a top ten album. The other, oh, the other one that it might be so many people love who are in their thirties and forties is and fifties, I guess, for some people. REM's automatic for the people. Um, okay. If I was in college, I would have said that's probably my top five. So I'm curious how wow how I feel okay. about that uh, after we get through these ten and if it makes it in. Anything stand out to you from these uh, this next group of ten? Well, I've I've started listening to it, um, to sorry to some of the first albums. Um, you just mentioned uh, "Born to Run." Springsteen uh, is, I think, your seventh uh, favorite. Uh, we're doing another Springsteen, "Darkness on the Edge of Town." Yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited to tackle. Missy Elliott's uh, Super Duper Fly, because um, we, we've done a, a good number of, of hip-hop artists from the 90s so far. I would not have expected a Missy Elliott album to be in the top 100. Mm. Um, hmm. 
she's a great hip hop artist and has done, I think a lot more notable stuff, maybe a little later in her career, like into the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put her in the same group as some of the other sure. heavy hitters in hip hop, like Kanye, Jay-Z, Kendrick, Biggie, um, you know, those, uh, Nas, you know, some of those, I, I wouldn't have done that. I, I just, just from my understanding of where she fits in the zeitgeist of hip hop from the nineties. So, um, I just find that very, very interesting. Um, this album or sorry, this list came out in 2020. Okay. Yeah. But last year in 2022, um, when stranger things season four came out, it really catapulted a few artists to the top of the streaming charts. One we've already reviewed a little while ago, which was Kate Bush's yeah. um, Hounds of Love. Uh, Hounds of Love, which that was, man, was that a, when was that? We did that? Okay, it was number 68, so a little while ago. But um, we did it just before that happened, and I'm yeah. glad. So it didn't <laughs> seem like we were jumping on a bandwagon, although we would have done it when we got to it, no matter what. But um, because of running up that hill, um, it just catapulted that song and her back into the spotlight in the same way. Um, Master of Puppets by Metallica. So we're that song. And then we're reviewing that. That's the title track of the album we're reviewing. Mm. Um, so that's kind of, I'm sure we'll talk about this kind of culturally how that, yeah. again, that it yeah. went to the top of the streaming list because it was featured in that, <laughs> in that series. Right. So, yeah. and then, um, one more artist because my my wife and my daughter and really all of us here in our house are such huge fans uh we're doing our first taylor swift album yeah it's really cool that she's getting recognition <clears throat> on this list she just cracks the top 100 by by two spots at number 99 with her red album and um i don't know if you know this ben uh taylor swift uh in the last few years has started re-releasing her first six albums did you know this are they Taylor's versions? I know she likes yes. to do that with her with her albums you, that she puts we'll, out. We'll talk about that more. Okay. And um, <laughs> we are we are going to have a, a very enthusiastic young guest join us. Good. Uh, uh, maybe two. My maybe two. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we were going to have one for sure. When I asked my daughter, she um, didn't even let me finish the sentence. Oh, uh, good. She wants to. She wants to join us, um, and. There, there was a um, a rights and ownership dispute um, with her and her former label, and I won't get into all of it oh. now. But <laughs> her her way around this, owning her music again, is she started re-recording it so that even though she can play the songs and she wrote them, she doesn't own them. But these new recordings, um, she does own. Wow, them. that's so fascinating! Wow, I can't. It, wait it's to really interesting. Deeper. Yeah, I don't think. Without researching it, I don't think I've heard of this happening before, at least not with full albums, because it was her first six albums. And yeah, well, it makes me wonder, which one do we review? Yeah, very, and we're <laughs> going to talk about that. We're, and and, and uh, our guests will, will, will be more than pleased to, to talk about, about that. Good. Um, so, so that's really exciting, too. Um, I'm just looking at the list here, um, and the list we have just has the... Uh, let me just switch to our other list here. So we've got a couple I've never heard of. 
I guess I haven't asked you. What are you? I've been rambling for like five minutes. <laughs> what are you? What are you looking forward? Um, yeah, I'm really to. looking forward to revisiting Automatic for for the People, an album I've loved for a very long time. I'm also excited by okay. Taylor Swift because even though I know a lot of her music, I don't really know any of her albums terribly intimately. Okay. So that'll yeah. be good too. Um, the the one that I have started listening to that has really thrown me uh, a curveball is the Hendrix album. Axis Bold as Love is um, yeah. experimental in a way that I was not anticipating. I should have been. Uh, you know, we started out with, <laughs> with one that felt very familiar. Then we moved to um, uh, Electric, Ladyland. Electric Lady, which was far more experimental. And, and now we get to this, which feels like another step on the journey. So. That one will be interesting to, to talk about. Um, and I think we've got a couple of guests in addition to your incredible child um, for this grouping of albums that should make this a fun, a fun stretch. Yeah. Um, there's a couple that, that I'll be in totally uncharted waters, which is um, uh, fun house by the Stooges. I don't think I, I don't even think I could name a Stooges song. No. Um, embarrassingly. Um Car Wheels on a Gravel Road by Lucinda Williams. Again, yeah. totally not familiar. And um, I know some singles, but I don't think I've ever listened to a Drake album. So we're going to review uh, Take <laughs> Care by Canadian, Drake. Uh, a Canadian edition. artist. Yep. Yeah, so two, if you include the band, four-fifths yeah. of the of the band are Canadian. Two Canadian artists on this 10. Yeah. That hasn't happened in a while, no. if ever. Um, we should also say, usually we group our albums in our seasons into 20, um, and we really would like to get to these as soon as possible. But if you are an astute listener, you may have noticed that my voice was was pretty crackly on our last review of After the Gold Rush. Um, that's because I was recovering from COVID, which canceled at least a week of recording, which means yeah. we're a little behind here now in our in our release schedule. So um, we'll see how long it takes us to start publishing these again, yeah. but we're going to keep recording as soon as possible so that we don't lose too much time. Yeah. We're still going, but it might, it might be a week or two break yeah. um, just so that we can get a little bit ahead of it. Um, but yeah, it, it won't be like what we normally will take maybe four to four to eight weeks between uh, 20, you know, a group of 20 and then we'll take a break. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get back into it pretty quick. We hope. <laughs> yep. it's been fun mike i'm glad we got another uh, decade yeah, knocked really out this. and uh this yeah. is a good group of albums one that i w i think we were both a little unsure of what to expect and uh i'm glad yeah me too um yeah i was unfamiliar with some of them but uh yeah it was a lot of fun great uh well uh, so what is the first album we're reviewing when we come back? So then? we'll arrive back with uh, number 91 on the list, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. That should be a good one. Looking forward to that and talking to you and our special guest on that one. Until that time, we hope you continue to be well. We hope you take care of yourselves and those around you. And we certainly hope you'll join us again right here on the SoundLogic Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.